1: A dumber athlete in America than Kwame Brown? Or Kwame Brown? No. Yeah, my mic is on, big boy. It's right there. Is there a dumber athlete than John Morant? I don't think so. Look, John Morant is a moron. We're going to get to that in a minute. And look, people are defending him. Our guy, Greggy e. Doyle, who cannot tell the truth about his own affairs. We got to help John Morant. How are you going to help John Morant? That's a dude that's never been around athletes. Yes, we got to help John Morant. Yes, if Dan Dockett says something on this show or Greggy Doyle writes something, we're going to help John Morant. (laughs) John Morant, my ass. Great family coming up, and not a whole family's lost their mind, but I'll get into that. But first, let's talk about something that I like, and that is Jason Tatum. You know, I went on Mike and Mike years ago on draft day, and I said two things. Number one, De'Aaron Fox was going to be great, and two, I don't know how you can pick Markel Fultz and not Jason Tatum. Like, Does anybody even know where Markel Fultz, the number one pick while Tatum was third, is currently right now? Does anybody have any idea Markel Fultz was drafted by, wait for it, the process, wait for it, the Philadelphia 76ers, guess what Jason Tatum, the third pick, two after Markel Fultz did. You ready? I'll tell you what he did. He went out and dropped 5-1, 51, right on their heads in the greatest scoring performance in Game 7. Now, you can say, I don't like the NBA, but I think a lot of you are coming around to the NBA. You see the score there. It wasn't even that close for most of the second half. But you, you, you got to admit... That without all the social justice nonsense, without all the crap, without all 20-year-olds that never went to college and certainly never graduated, telling us how we're supposed to think, the NBA's kind of fun. And now we got my Serbian brother taking on LeBron James, who has a chance. I keep saying it, ladies and gentlemen. I keep telling you, he has a chance with a title here to move into the vaunted, the one everybody wants Daniel J. Dokic GOAT conversation with Kareem Abdul-Jabbar, and Michael Jordan. Now, look, let's be honest, it's a long way away. My Serbian brother, Nikolai Jokic, look, if the brothers can do that about one another, always make excuses when a guy screws up or always defend, uh, because they say, well, my brother so-and-so, I'm saying that about my Serbian brother, I can do that. I can do that. I don't care what anybody says. My Serbian brother, Nikolai Jokic, against Anthony Davis. And I got to tell you, Anthony Davis is playing good. Uh, all right, let's get to some video because the postgame was actually more interesting than the game. Now, you get that a lot. And every year, that it seems like our guy, Joel Embiid, who seems like a really nice kid. Like, Joel Embiid seems like a really, really nice kid. But every year he gets beat, and then he starts making excuses. Well, you know, I got to meet blah, 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 blah. All right, fine. Well, let's start first. Doc Rivers, he of the Traveling Road Show. Doc Rivers' coaching was great. There was a video going around about Doc Rivers coaching. Come on, guys. Come on, guys. I think this is my backside right here. I don't think Doc Rivers knows coaching from his backside, but here's Doc Rivers on whether or not he plans on being the coach of the Sixers next year.
2: Hey, Doc, are, are you planning to be the coach of the team next hey
1: year? Hey, Doc. Yeah, you know, I got. A, I think i got two years left. So. Given the tenor of what you've seen happen in the last two or three days where coaches of the year, guys with titles. Yeah, no one's know. safe in our business, you know, and I get that. That's a good answer. No, that's seriously a good answer. I mean, let's be honest. Doc Rivers, we saw it through his son who came to Indiana and was the biggest fraud to play at Indiana that we had. Doc Rivers is by all accounts a great dude. Great dude. Like, I remember Doc Rivers as a high school kid. He was a little bit older than me. He was up in Proviso, which is just south side of Chicago, just across the border from where I grew up. And Doc Rivers is always a class act. So I hope Doc Rivers stays. Now, I am tired of James Harden and I am tired of Joel Embiid. Those two give me gas. Here's James Harden on how great year one was for his squad.
3: You, you and Joe took another step forward in this year in terms of your partnership. Just how much further do you feel that like you can, you two can take that, just going forward? Um, I mean, we're only one year in. You know, we played against a team who's been together for quite a few years now. Yeah, I mean, they, they were in the, in the finals last year, so they kind of know what, what it takes to to get back there, and um, this is only year one for us, you know,
2: full year. It was great. It was great.
1: Well, he's right. I mean, but you know what? He does have an opt-out. He may not play. But the news of the day came from the great Joel Embiid. Joel Embiid calling out his teammates Now, Joel Embiid does this every year. He's never been to a conference final. He's the MVP, remember? And when you're the MVP in the NBA, a lot of times that means something. A lot of times that means you are a championship caliber player. At least you should be, unless you're just a one-hit regular season wonder. But the fact of the matter is, here's Joel Embiid. Um, This is a little out of context because he goes longer, and he talks about the need for everyone to get better. But it's not totally out of context what he says. Here, give a listen. You can't win alone. Um, I can't win alone. I can't. Me and James, we just can't win alone. You know, that's why basketball is played 5-on-5. So, you know, we just need everybody to just, you know, try to keep finding ways to get better and, uh, you know, we'll we'll be fine. Yeah, he's right at the end, right? You got to keep finding ways to get better. But the whole winning alone thing, I don't know, Tyrese Maxey, was pretty good. I get it. You got a hundred and ten-year-old fullback, P.J. Tucker, standing in the right or left corner. Uh, you do need more players. There isn't a team in the NBA that is no longer playing that doesn't need healthier players. Maybe they need more players. Maybe they just need their guys to be healthy. And we saw that, of course, with uh, with uh, Giannis Edantikoupa, the, the Greek freak. Uh, so he's right. But you know what? You're the MVP. Now, here's what you got to understand before people rip, before they rip Joel Embiid. Michael Jordan was constantly whining about the need for more players. Michael Jordan was constantly whining, if you remember, about the general manager. Michael Jordan was a little batch about the general manager. He was. He was always unfair to Jerry Krause. Jerry Krause went out and got him Rodman. Jerry Krause went out and got, well, drafted and got Pippen. He went out and got him kukos. See, Michael Jordan is like seen as this guy on a mount who never complained, went about his business, worked harder than everybody, and went and won championships, and that's complete crap. Michael Jordan was a bully and a jackass to Jerry Krause. Now, I don't care if Michael Jordan was a bully and a jackass to His teammates, that's fine. I don't care about that. That's leadership in my mind. Maybe not your mind, but in my mind, that's leadership. The truth of the matter is, though, he was a little whiny batch about his general manager not getting him enough players, Michael Jordan. So I'm not that mad right now at what's-his-face. I'm not that mad right now at Joel Embiid for saying what he said because we've seen it before. We have. Now, you may not like it. You may, not think it, you may think it's unbecoming of a MVP, and I did initially until I just started really thinking about it, going, wait a second. Wait a second here. Jordan did as much whining as anybody else about the lack of help that he got, and all his general manager did was go out and get the best player in Europe, a Hall of Famer named Tony Kukos. So don't at me, but it would help you if you didn't go five for 18 if you're Joel Embiid. You know, 5 for 18 with 8 rebounds, that's pedestrian. In a modern NBA, oh, I don't know. Maybe you should do better. And his partner averaged 12.5 on 22% shooting, 13% from the three-point line, he and James Harden. That's what James Harden did in losses. Now, I got to tell you, if you are paid 30, 40 million, you got to do better than that. Harden had nine points, so they combined for eight of 29 with 14 rebounds. That's it. Now, Harden is making $35.6 million. I want you to think about $35.6 million for nine points in a game seven. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know that that's where it should be. Do you? I think that 30-some point whatever should be, oh, I don't know, 28 and 12 assists. Seriously. Like, the numbers are so stupid, and he's going to get more. Some dumb team is going to pay James Harden more than that because they're going to think that James Harden can help your team. And I want to go back to something on Doc Rivers. You didn't hear one time, you would have, you didn't. Monty Williams gets fired from Phoenix. Why does Monty Williams get fired from Phoenix? Well, a couple reasons. One, he's got Kevin Durant. You got Kevin Durant, chances are you're going to get your ass fired. I mean, let's be honest. When's the last time a coach didn't get fired with Kevin Durant? I'll say Steve Kerr, but that's only because Steve Kerr has Steph Curry and Klay Thompson, and they got Durant out of there really, really quickly. They didn't mess around with Durant. They didn't say, oh, Kevin, let's give the franchise to you. So Monty Williams, a victim of a new owner, and Kevin Durant, also a victim, well, frankly, a victim – of Chris Paul getting injured. Same thing with Mike Budenholzer. See, they couldn't go racism on this one. Did you notice? You know if Monty Williams had been fired, racism would have been thrown. But you can't throw it out there because Budenholzer was fired as well. You see what I'm saying? You got to see the, you got to pay attention to the world. That's why I always say, if I'm going to criticize an African-American, I must throw a white guy in there or else it's going to be pure, unadulterated racism. Well, I got to tell you, when I'm talking about John Morant, and let's do this, coming up at 9.20, we're going to talk to Chad Withrow. But right now, we're going to talk to John Morant. So let's talk about John Morant. So let's see the video that John Morant was dumb enough to have posted. A guy said this, John Morant has more money to go anywhere in the world and he chooses to go to Instagram Live. Now, John Morant is a fool. We know John Morant is a fool. It was two fools sitting down, Jalen Rose and John Morant, for a ridiculously idiotic fake interview a few months ago, all right? So John Morant does what every NBA player does. He hangs out. There's always a little guy. Usually, it's a little white guy. But watch this video. John ja Moran's going to flash a gun. All right, you're that stupid, fine. But watch the little idiot driving the car as you watch the video that ultimately is going to cost John ja Moran a ton of money. Uh, we don't. We can't believe he's any dumber than he is. He's already the dumbest dude walking except for uh, Dwight Howard, and we'll get into that. But watch this video. There they are. Look at this idiot right here. He's looking around like, hey, am I cool? Oh, he's dancing like a little, you know. Uh, so, John Morant's trying. John Morant looks like a girl. I hate to say it, but he does. Look at it. I mean, he flashes a gun, and then they put the thing down. Now it's been deleted. But, I mean, his little buddies look like, I don't know, they kind of look like the Bangles back in. Look at this little guy. There's always a little punk like that. Hanging out with a star. There's always a little punk. Uh, Shaq had a little white guy. I remember when we were filming Blue Chips. Everybody usually has a little white guy. But I'm telling you, this dude is about as hard as this cup of coffee. Ain't nothing hard. He looks like a girl. Seriously, if I were advising John Moran, you know what I would tell? Cut your hair and get serious about your craft. Just change everything about you. Seriously. Just change everything about you. You're a great player. You're a great talent. You have a great family, although those people have lost their mind as well, his family. But i tell you, get serious about your craft. Put your life into your craft. Forget about the other crap. Cut your hair. Change your look. Change your thing. Change everything about you. Or grow your hair longer. I don't care. But what I usually used to tell people, and I know I'm the old guy, but it always works. Cut your hair. Get serious about your craft. I've told guys in business, cut your hair. Get serious about your craft. Now, well, that's racist. Hey, what does hair have to do with it? No, it just means that you're changing up what you are doing. It means you are getting serious about what you should be serious about. Because let's be honest, this guy's career could be over. I don't know. You get playing with a gun, next thing you know, you could end up in jail. Career could be over. So get serious about the one thing that works the most. Did you ever see Michael Jordan, Magic Johnson, Isaiah Thomas, Karl Malone, John Stockton, Barkley, did you ever see him with, like, I don't know, something to distract? You never did. Do you ever see LeBron James with something to distract? No. LeBron James is serious about his craft. He's not out there trying to put purple in his hair or put green in his hair or make his hair look like my mother's back in the 1970s where you had the beehive going like Moran. No. You never saw that. Of course you don't. I'm serious. You don't. You know, the girl that comes in the office with purple hair is never the leading seller in the office. It's just, she's just not. The guy that comes in with all of a sudden a face tattoo is not the leading producer in the company. He just never is. People that are serious about their craft get things done. People that know and understand, hey, look, we got to get this done. And if I'm John Morant. You you can play kid, you can play tough guy, you can play a little child, you can play try to look like a girl, I don't know. You can have all that feminine energy that John Moran has off the court and your little effeminate friends off the court, but it's a man's league. Seriously, let's be honest. I mean, it's a man's league. Children aren't winning in that league. I mean, you look at who's here. I mean, ever look at Joachim or my Serbian brother, Nikolai Jokic? You ever see his brothers? His brothers are some freaking mafia Serbian mob looking dudes. Serious dudes. Serious dudes. They're not letting Jokic get sideways. Just like Isaiah Thomas's brothers were not letting him get sideways. Just like Magic Johnson's parents were not letting him get sideways. Michael Jordan's parents were not letting him get sideways. You know, you can say whatever you want about LeBron James, but LeBron James has always stayed right here when it comes to basketball. Sure, you don't like his politics. Sure, he's full of crap in certain areas. But when it comes to basketball, that dude is right here. That's how you win. That's why we have the greatest show in the world. Aaron and I and Dylan, we're all day every day coming up with what we're going to talk about. It seriously is. Dan, I don't think his friend realized John had a gun in his hand, which is why he put the camera down so fast. John knew they were on Instagram Live. So it's his fault for pulling the gun. Yeah, but there's always a little pain in the ass friend with you. There's uh, somebody had a great quote, an NBA player. If you can't change your friends, change your friends. Everybody's got the little dude around him. I'm telling you, they do. Everybody's got the dude around him. Everybody. They've all got the guy that is just fun to be around, kisses their ass, does the rest. Ra- and you saw the little punk right there with John Moran. Right, Van Pasterman. I don't respect LeBron's politics, but I do respect the way he goes about his business. That's what I'm trying to say here. That's exactly what I'm trying to say. I'm trying to say, you better get serious about your craft. Yeah, he needs Jesus. Of course he does. No, it's just amazing to me. It really is. And when you say things like I just said, I guarantee you there will be people on this. If we do a short on this, there will be somebody calling me racist because I said, cut your hair and get serious about your crap. But I got to tell you, you can't argue it. It's just the way the world should work. Or it's the way the world does work. I'm sorry. But John Morant got the wrong friends. John Morant got the wrong mentality. And again... Uh, where the hell is John Morant's father? He certainly is around when it comes to being in the front row. Can you play that video again? Can you, can you play that video again? Just look how stupid the. And I get it. Look at this idiot down here in the red hat. Look, looking around, like, hey, am I cool? Look at me. I'm I'm dancing. Look at John Morant. Can't dance. And it looks like me dancing. The little, the little dude at the hat back, which holds up like a gun, right? My strap. What idiot. Yeah, I'm sorry. I know we live in a third world country now where you drive down the street and all you do is smell weed and all that other crap. Dogs in buildings. I get it. And holding up my strap with one in the hole is like I'm a badass. These guys are soft as my ass is what I'm going to tell you. I don't understand where Morant's dad and mom are though, other than his mom trying to get people, uh, you know, fired. But hey, look, I don't mind. Let me go back to the haircut thing. You can do whatever you want. Like I don't care. I mean, a lot of great players have weird. Not weird hair, but different hair. But I, I'm, I'm just going to tell you, when things are going bad, I've always said, man. I've told my son. I've told. Hey, I've told my daughter, cut your hair, and get serious about your job. That's it. Pretty simple. Things are going good. Don't worry about cutting your hair and getting serious about your job. But when you are going bad, man. And you're all distracted by all this kind of stuff. Cut your hair. Get serious about your job. And let's go. You're racist, Dan. Yeah, I know. Sure, I am. Chad Withrow joins us. Hey, Chad, you live in the great state of Tennessee. Uh, thoughts on John Morant?
4: Appears to be a oh. world-class oh. moron. <laughs> yeah. Can you hear me, Dan? You got me. Yeah. I got no, you. Uh, yeah. It is, um, you know, there's a lot of, of comparisons being made to people in, in government that pose with photos with automatic weapons with their family. I think that's ridiculously dumb, too. It just makes no sense to me. But the difference here is the person in that photo wasn't accused of threatening an entire NBA basketball team with a laser pointer and a weapon, didn't threaten a foot, foot locker employee with a weapon didn't supposedly go upstairs to grab a gun to possibly shoot a high school kid that was at his house playing a pickup basketball game, didn't also go to a strip club and flash a weapon in an Instagram Live video. So this is not just one thing. I I would understand the outrage if people were upset that he was suspended indefinitely for one video flashing a gun. This is a chain of events that John Morant simply cannot get, get out of. He is in a spiral right now, and he cannot make the right decision to get himself out of it. I mock the fact that he went away to some sort of rehab facility for two days and then came back and acted like he was different, and he was all all of a sudden going to make these great decisions miraculously. I thought that was ridiculous, and this has proven to be ridiculous. He is a great talent. He could be a superstar, not just in the state of Tennessee and in Memphis, but across the NBA. But the man cannot get out of his own way. And this is the latest example. I just think he's really stupid. And he continues to show that. Until he proves otherwise to me, he's just dumb. Uh, I I don't don't think he's even intentionally trying to mock the league by doing that. He just continues to make really, really stupid decisions.
1: You know, the gun thing is interesting, to your point, because a lot of people have said, well, if he were a hunter and he was going on the hunt and he had a gun, nobody would say anything. Uh, Maybe so, I don't know, but I do know this. The, um, let's put it this way. The benefit of the doubt is lost when you go through the things that you just mentioned.
4: Yeah, look, Dan, if he did this one time, right? If that, let's say that was the video, this was the start of the whole thing, was him in this Instagram video we're seeing right now. You know, he's got a weapon in his hand, he's rapping along to a rap song with his buddies in a car. The one time this happens, his team gets with him. If there was leadership on the Grizzlies team, I don't think there is, but if there was, they'd get with him and say, hey, man, I know that you're out there on the weekend having fun with your guys, but let's cool it. Let's probably not do that again. You are a superstar in this league. Kids look up to you. Let's make better decisions and just not do that again. Let's just keep that to ourselves if that's what we're up to, right? That would be the message after one time, but this is not one time. I, I I'm I understand the people's gripes that come back and say, "Well, why is it okay for this white politician to post up uh, pictures with his family on Christmas Day with automatic weapons, and not this black superstar?" The difference is, it would be a big problem if that white politician had all the incidents that we're talking about with weapons or the threat of weapons that John Morant does. And it is a different thing when you sign up and sign a contract with a league, you're under the conduct policy of that league. So this is a big problem for John Moran. It was last time. It's going to be an even bigger problem for him this go-around, and he just cannot get out of his own way. So there's some false equivalencies being made uh, on social media. When I I called John Moran a world-class moron on social media, immediately people started firing back saying, well, what about this? What about this? Look, I agree. I, I wouldn't do that. You know, I'm not getting automatic weapons and posing with my family under the Christmas tree with those. I think that's dumb too. But there is a difference when there is a history of threats of violence with weapons that we've seen with John Moran. This is not an isolated one-time thing. This is a pattern of events that's led to his indefinite suspension. social
1: media immediately You know the one thing that the, I got to two things can be dumb. You know, it's not like this is dumb and this isn't dumb. Like, I can't imagine going, hey Lee, Lee, grab Tegan and Andrew and Jared and Laura. Let's go get the weapons and let's say, hey, have a Merry Christmas from the Dockages. Like, I would literally, if if anybody in my family suggested that, I'd say you're as dumb as John Moran. That's what I would say. Look, that's how dumb you are.
4: That's 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 the difference to me, right? Like we we've entered this this part of society. I, I am all for the Second Amendment. Right. I'm I'm all about legal gun owners and and doing things the right way. Right. With guns. I'm all for that. But we've entered this sort of it's like uh, in Stranger Things, they have the upside down. We kind of have this upside down culture also that really celebrates guns at all times. And to me growing up, you know, my my dad's a gun owner. Every guy in my family owns guns, own guns. They were around but never present. It was something that was there for the protection in the home or something there for hunting that, like, maybe you'd get an invite up to the gun safe to see the gun. But it's not like you're breaking out all the weapons and posing with them and sending them to all your friends. But, Dan, you've seen this on social media. We've entered this era now where that's what it is. Let's take photos with all the guns we own and then post them and then the stupid stuff we're seeing with John Moran, that's part of the culture also. You know, let's let's travel around and, and rap lyrics and then post with guns, and it's all dumb to me, right? It's, it's all stupid. But again, if we're talking about one and the other, one has a history of threatening gun violence and doing dumb things with guns. The other the dumb thing they do is they post pictures with their guns. I don't know that they're even using them. So it's a false equivalency, but you're right, Dan. I like the way you frame that. Two things can be dumb, right? And that's why I think people go to OutKick is because we will sit there and say, yeah, both these things are dumb. One's dumber. One has bigger consequences for X reason, and we've laid that out with John Morant. The other's also stupid and probably shouldn't be done, done, too. We can acknowledge both.
1: Yeah. There's not, I mean, that's, I try to tell people all the time, things don't just happen in a vacuum. This isn't dumb because this is maybe, I mean, you know, it, it, it's, it's just, it's fascinating to me. I have never been a gun guy. I remember my neighbor shot her sister. I think her sister or brother, I can't remember because they found a gun in the house and they were little kids. And next thing you know, one was dead and it always, was, I was little and I'm like, yeah, but I did buy a gun now because I think the world is absolutely insane. And, but you're not going to see me going around. Somebody really smart said this, Chad. They said, you know, John Morant has enough money to go anywhere in the world, and somehow he chooses to go to Instagram Live. That's what he goes. I thought that was a great line. Right?
4: Yeah, I mean, he could be on a beach in Croatia, right? I mean, he could be there right. like just let, let's let detach. Let's have a phone-free vacation for for John Moran. I would get that thing away from me if my buddy. This is on his buddy's Instagram Live, I think too. If my buddy brings out a phone, um. But let's let's go back to the root of all this, Dan. It's something we've been talking about a lot. It's the it's his buddies. He has to separate from part of his family and his friends that he's traveling around with. Now he's dumb. Also, I'm not completely saying it's all his friends and it's not him. He's choosing to stay around them. But that's a big part of this whole thing. It was his buddy and his crew that were threatening the Indiana Pacers and pointing you know, the laser pointer at him. Uh, it seems like every time he gets around his guys, something dumb happens. So he's got to correct that.
1: Yeah, I mean, somebody said if you can't change your friends, then you better change your friends. <laughs>
4: you know and how I mean? many friends I mean, do you I, have in West Virginia you know, right now, yeah. by the way? I wanted to ask you about that. I saw that column written about you, know, you over the weekend. Uh the the I, let, let wearing... me let me <laughs> say this because I weighed in on Twitter, but I wanted to say that the fact that the guy writing the column tried to act like Bob Huggins, a grown man, was led into saying that homophobic <laughs> slur, that was laughable to me, that he was somehow trapped by these hosts into saying that. Like they put the softball up, you know, threw it up in the air in the men's softball slow pitch league, and just said, All right, now you gotta say it. That was uh, that was an insane column that I read over the weekend, so I had to point that out for you. That guy,
1: that, I appreciate that. That guy was mad. Uh, well, he's a big, you know, he's a big homer guy for West Virginia, and he was mad I wouldn't do an interview with him. And I did it with Pete Thamel about why I left West Virginia in two thousand and two, and I'd totally forgotten. that. I read the column. I'm like, oh yeah, I remember. I remember that. I, it, but the you, you, look. I guess if you let's equate Bob Huggins's deal to John Morant's deal. So are we to say that Bob, uh, Bill Cunningham at WLW walked Bob Huggins right into that? Okay. So did the little guy with the red hat backwards whose Instagram story, did he walk John Morant right into that? Is that what's happening here? Nobody has accountability for their own actions?
4: Well, like, Okay. To, to compare the two, since we've already been comparing different stories today, I think what Bob Huggins, you know, Tom Brennan's a good example to compare to. Tom Brennan had a hot mic on and said something stupid uh, when he didn't know that he was on air and he got fired for it, right? And he's not really working anymore. Can't call Reds games anymore. I, I thought that was extreme, quite frankly, because it was a mistake by a producer and a mistake by him but a mistake by a producer and it cost him his job. He wasn't calling the Reds game and started saying that what Bob Huggins did. I think you have to rate things by level of stupidity. Bob Huggins knows (laughs) full well. He's on live radio. He is on a broadcast at that point. And he goes down that road and says, this is not a hot mic moment. This is not someone recording a conversation where Bob Huggins doesn't know he's being recorded. None of that is happening. Right. So that, that, that's a higher level of stupidity. Right which I think warrants a bigger response, bigger than what West Virginia did, quite frankly. I don't think they should have fired him, but I think it should have been more of a, a suspension than what they've laid out for him. But either way, you know that's different. Now, if John Morant wants to argue, look, I had no idea. I thought he was just videoing it to video it. I didn't know we were on Instagram Live with my friend. Clearly, I wouldn't have done that, but I have to make better choices. Okay, that makes it a little bit better, but the fact remains you're still riding around with a pistol in your lap, right? Doing doing these things. So I guess that could be the argument for John Morant. It's still going to lead to some sort of suspension for him. But his buddy did him no favors. You're right about that. His buddy going on Instagram live with that, especially if John Morant did not know that he was on Instagram live. That is a huge that that would to me that that would cost me a friendship. If someone were to do something like that to me, especially if I'm in John Morant's position, and they unknowingly put me on uh, Instagram Live doing something like that, I wouldn't talk to that person again.
1: Yeah, I'd be over. That's enough. You know, I can't trust you. I can't whatever. You know, uh, that would be enough. All right, I got to shift gears real quick. Is Will Levis making some noise? Did, did Did he impress early here? What's going on?
4: Oh, gosh. Uh, look, yes, he had a good throw in a video that was released, right? I laugh at all this though, because I mean, every person that follows the Titans is posting this video of uh yeah. look, it was it was it got where it needed to go. He's rolling right and he throws kind of a wounded duck up in the air and it drops right in the receiver. It's a nice pass along the sideline. There's no pass rush. Uh he's not in pads. You know, he's rolling right and throws kind of a basketball lob toss into a receiver, and Nashville media is freaking out about it. Uh, To say that I'm taking a wait-and-see approach is an understatement uh, with Will Levis. Um, I did like his answers on the survey. I liked that two of his, his favorite things are the movie Step Brothers and the show It's Always Sunny in Philadelphia, also two of my favorite things. I think from a personality standpoint, the man would understand my sense of humor, so I like that about him. Jonathan Hutton got a chance to meet him at Topgolf. We had a little outkick, Nashville team event there, and the Titans rookies were there. And he went down and talked with Will Levis. Walked right up to him, Dan, and he said, "Hey, I've been I've been blasting you. I'm not gonna lie. I don't I don't I didn't like the pick for the Titans, but still want to welcome you to Nashville." And Will Levis looked at him and said, "Hey, it's fine. Everyone's been crushing me. Don't worry about it. You're just one of a bunch. Uh, so I like that sense of humor." And that mindset from him, I'm going to give him a chance here in Nashville, but I'm not going to do backflips over one pass in rookie minicamp with no pads and no pass rush. The big question, though, for me, Dan, is we know in Indianapolis and Anthony Richardson is the starter from day one. How quickly can Will Levis be the starter for the Titans? They've got a tough six games. I believe they're the Vegas underdog in their first six games, or maybe the Indy game is one they'll be favored in. But either way, they could start two and four. Let's—I don't think they're going zero and six, but two and four. If it two and four, and Tannehill's playing okay but not great, will they make the move to Will Levis to see what they have there? I think that's an interesting question going into the season. How quick could the hook be for Ryan Tannehill to give Will Levis a shot? That's one I'm going to be watching.
1: You know, in Indy, it's you know it's Gardner Minshew. You know, they got rid of Foles. They're not re-signing Matt Ryan. I mean, it's Gardner Minshew, so I would say that in our world here, at least, you know, according to the media, who, by the way, we don't fawn over passes. Apparently, we're fawning over the fact that Anthony Richardson helped clean up after the draft, so that's a sign that he's a great quarterback. Uh, to say I'm wait and see would be the understatement of the of the year. Here's the situation, though, that I'm hey, let me Let me about jump in on that, Dan, Dan real quick
4: about... about the cleaning up. Yeah, yeah. Um, Malik, Malik yeah. Willis, when the Titans drafted him, it was the same thing. If you remember, there's a viral video of him helping, I think, a homeless person or something in Indy at the combine when no one was watching, which is awesome, which I think is great. I think yeah. Malik Willis is a really good kid, and I love seeing that. But, again, false equivalencies, right? because you do something like that doesn't necessarily mean you're an accurate passer in the pocket. And that's what we're looking for right. from NFL. So it's a wait and see with, with both those guys. I think we've seen enough from Malik Willis, definitely a wait and see from Anthony Richardson.
1: Yeah. And Richardson is going to be on the right side of the media and Richardson. I Again, I think it was you and I that talked. maybe it was Jonathan and I that talked, but Richardson, let's just say for the sake of argument, you know, you get into camp in August and he's not ready. Well, uh, the first incomplete that Gardner Minshew throws, you're going to hear people begging for mm-hmm. Anthony Richardson. That's going to be, you know, I don't know. Is that going to be what happens with T- Tannehill? Obviously a little more established. he's He's got, you know, he's got a little more equity than obviously Gardner Minshew would have. Would people be calling for Levis quickly if in fact Tannehill, you know, I'm not saying he plays awful, but he doesn't play great and they even win.
4: I think it happens to some extent everywhere. When you've got a backup quarterback who's a, a relatively high pick to high pick, it's going to be a lot loud, louder in Indy. If Gardner Minshew is the starter, I, yeah. I still think Anthony Richardson will eventually start in week one. But let's say Minshew starts, it's going to be real quick in Indy because he is, you know, the fourth overall pick. So th- that's a guy they're going to want to see quicker. With Levis, you know, early second round pick, I think they'll wait a little bit to grumble the Titans fans, but. It's more about the wins and losses. If they they start one and two, you know, one and three on the season, you're going to hear it loudly in Nashville that people are going to want to see Will Levis. Because I think people will be quick this year to sort of give up on the division where they haven't in the past, where they thought, oh, we'll still have a chance because of the division. I think more people are going to look around and say, well, Jacksonville looks like they're the team to beat in the division. We're not going to be a playoff team anyways. Let's give the kid a chance. Let's see what we have in the future. Let's see what we need to draft around him. That's going to happen at some point. Not as quick, though, as it will in Indy.
1: See, I think, and then in, in Houston, I just think the job is C.J. Strouds. I, I think, you know, he's the second pick in the draft. He's, I, I don't think, you know, Davis, anybody is going to, I don't think, I mean, who knows, but I, it seems to me that if I'm the Texans, I believe in Stroud and Mills is going to have to be the backup.
4: Yeah, I, I think that's the saving grace of the Titans in the AFC South is that both they're going to get four games against a rookie quarterback. I think C.J. Stroud right. is the starter in the Texans, and I think that Richardson will be the starter in the two games that the Titans, as long as he's healthy, the Titans play him. So that that's a great bonus. You've got a veteran guy in Ryan Tannehill. If he stays healthy, that's four eminently winnable games for the Titans to kind of stay in the mix in the AFC South. We saw a year ago Jacksonville wasn't that much better. The Titans almost went to Jacksonville and won a win-and-end scenario against Jacksonville with Josh Dobbs at quarterback late in the season. So I'm not trying to make Jacksonville out to be world beaters, but they are the best team in the division right now because they've been stacking high picks atop high picks, just like the Houston Texans we're seeing now do a little bit, just like the Colts are going to have a chance to do. So the, the division's about to get a lot more interesting.
1: Yeah, I think it is. I think it's going to be a lot more fun, too. I mean, you know, and and, uh, I think these young quarterbacks are going to be fun. Hey, man, look forward to talking to you this afternoon, Chad. I appreciate you coming on.
4: Always fun, Dan. Don't answer any calls from a Morgantown, West Virginia area code. That's my only advice to you between now and then. We'll we'll talk to you later, bud.
1: Hey, hey Chad, how about this? So after that article, whatever day that came out Saturday – I had to drive through West Virginia on my way back from the Ivy League softball tournament. I told my wife, let's time it so it's at night and I'll duck down. I don't want anybody, head on a swivel, head on a swivel. Let's go. go."
4: You got to get in the trunk. You're a little too tall to fit in the trunk. So you got to get down in the back seat and lay down the whole time as you pass through the state. Yeah. That's right. I
1: told her, go 55, 55 only. I don't need to be in a Morgantown or a, a Huntington, West Virginia jail. That's not good. Just just make
4: sure you're gassed up, Dan, when you're going to these Ivy League softball games. Make sure you're gassed up, and you can make it across the state of West Virginia without having to stop.
1: Yeah, that's right. Thanks, Chad. All right, Dan. See you. Follow him at Chad Withrow. We are headed to Fayetteville. That's right, Fayetteville, Arkansas this weekend as the Harvard Crim won the Ivy League championship. All right, we're going to come back. Joe Biden, I mean, I, I, you stay with me here because I need your opinion on the YouTube chat. Uh, Joe Biden talking about white supremacy. We got homeless vets booted out of hotel. What are we doing in this country? I'll tell you the greatest threat to our nation when we come back. Man, I'm fired up. Sack the hell up and don't go anywhere. Don't at me. We'll be right back after this. Yeah, I got to tell you, um, Joe Biden is the biggest threat to our country. I mean, you can talk about white supremacy all you want. I mean, the numbers obviously don't reflect that. The numbers obviously will tell you African-American to white crime is like 10 times what anything else is. So, you know, I guess we can continue to say that because, well, you're an idiot if you're Joe Biden. And that gets the boat up. That gets the pandering. That gets all those things. Let's hear Jolton Joe Biden. Speaking at Howard University, which, by the way, is the, uh, I think it's an, an alma mater of one of America's dumbest, and that is Kamala Harris. But let's hear Jolton Joe Biden pandering to the crowd at the historically
2: black college Howard. We know that American history has not always been a fairy tale. From the start, it's been a constant push and pull for more than 240 years between the best of us, the American ideal that we're all created equal, and the worst of us, the harsh reality that racism has long torn us apart. It's a battle that's never really over. But on the best days, enough of us have the guts and the hearts to stand up for the best in us. To choose love over hate unity over disunity, progress over retreat. Stand up against the poison of white supremacy, as I did my inaugural address to single out as the most dangerous terrorist threat to our homeland is white supremacy. And I'm not saying this because I'm at a black HBCU. I say, wherever I go, to stand up for truth over lies, lies told for power and profit, to confront the ongoing assault, to subvert our elections, suppress our right to vote.
1: Nobody in the world lies more than Joe Biden. It's beautiful in a way. I mean, it is beautiful how he can stand up there, say that, and then just lie about lies. It's glorious, really. You got to respect the fact that Joe Biden, who lies about everything. I was raised in a black church. I was raised Hispanic. I blah, 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 blah. I used to go to black church before I went to white church before school. So the guy must have got up at four o'clock in the morning went to all kind of churches. <laughs> the economy is better than, uh, than uh, Trump's. The border is 90% closed. The dude just gets up there and lies and lies and lies. I would argue that Joe Biden is the biggest threat to our national security. I would argue that Joe Biden and his ilk is the biggest threat we have in this country. That's my personal opinion. I mean, you can give me all the crap about white supremacy. You know what happens now if you say that, what I just said, then people say, well, well Dawkins doesn't think white supremacy is a problem. Hey, I don't know whether it is or not, but it sure seems like we got bigger problems. How's our cities going? <laughs> Charles Barkley said it best, man. African-Americans keep voting for Democrats. African-Americans keep being poor. I mean, so Joe Biden got to get up to And the fact that Joe Biden has to say every time he's got to qualify it means he knows he's full of crap. Well, I'm not just saying this is because of a. Black HCBU chart? No, you, you are, and everybody knows that, and that's fine. I mean, you pander, you do you, Joe. We're all in on you, baby. Family making money, lies being told. Oh, well, you can't have lies. Well, all you do is lie. It is, it would be hilarious if it wasn't so dangerous to our country. It seriously would. Joe Biden is the biggest threat to our democracy. Joe Biden is the biggest threat to our way of life. Joe Biden is the biggest threat to our cities. Joe Biden is the biggest threat to us, period. Now, you can argue that all you'd like, but as a very famous, the Philly betting godfather said, if you vote for Joe Biden, then you're just an MF an idiot. And I got to tell you, he ain't wrong. Now, you can be the most staunch Democrat, and if you want to find somebody to vote for, fine. But the ideology of Joe Biden, in terms of climate change, in terms of fricking governance, in terms of geez transgender and coming after our kids and all this stuff, it, it goes against the American way of life. And he is legitimately the most dangerous threat to our homeland. It is not white supremacy. It is Joe Biden and his ideology. Ask anyone that's been affected by it. We all have. And if you do vote for Joe Biden again, you are a stone mf and idiot. I would absolutely argue. And by the way, uh, Joe Biden has spent 40% 40 of his time (laughs) on vacation in Delaware. What a job this guy's got. What a job. He took off for the border, or he took off again for his Delaware home. We got a crisis on the border, and where's Joe Biden? I would imagine after a speech, Joe Biden has to be hooked up to a catheter for the pee uh, an IV for the energy, a plastic surgeon for the face, and that's why he goes away every weekend. And then Jill goes and sees whoever. But I guarantee you, Jolton Joe is hooked up to all kinds of, oh, you can't do it. I'm going to go bike ride. Look at me. We have an idiot as a president. And we allowed it, and we're probably gonna allow it again, and it's unfreaking believable. Listen to this homeless veterans are being booted from New York. They're being booted from places, hotels, veterans in New York. Veterans. Veterans. Booted. For whom? Illegal immigrants. People rushing in over the border are being housed in hotels over our homeless veterans. I want you to think about that real quick. Our veterans, guys that willingly put on the uniform of the United States and went out and fought. See, this is what I do, and I don't care what you do, and I'm not trying to make myself look good, although it is pretty good, I'm not gonna lie. Um, Here's the deal, veterans, veterans need to be taken care of. They're not. So what I do, like, you know how in a church, particularly the Mormon church, you got to give 10%. I don't do that. I give every week to Traders Point Christian Church. And if I go to St. Simon over here, I give there. All right. But what I really do is this right here. I give, I tip big, I give to homeless. That's my 10%. That's the way I go about it because I don't necessarily feel the more I research things that a lot of charities are giving a hundred percent of the money to the, their charity. Like that's why I'm adamant about my golf outing. Every dime you give is going to go to bikes for kids. I don't want the money. I don't need the money. I'm not going to handle the money. I want it to go to bikes for kids. Period. So I don't tithe to a church. I give. And when I see someone like this, I don't know whether they're actually a veteran or not. And people say, well, you know, this is a scam. It might be, but it's still a really bad life if you're sitting on the street and you got to watch and you got to be out there and you got to do things like pander for money. It's a bad life. My ex-wife actually said that. It was very smart of her. I'm like, yeah, you know, people think that we're not supposed to give because, well, you know, it's a racket. And maybe it is a racket. Fine if it's a racket. But, you know, the truth of the matter is it's still a horrible life, and I give. That's how I tithe. I tip really well because the the people that I am tipping, I know the money goes to them. I tip as well as I could possibly tip every single time. Now, am I bragging on it? Sure I am, but that's the way I live my life. I don't understand not helping veterans. I'll never understand not helping veterans, but this is the world that Joe Biden has put us in. This is the world that the extreme left wants us to live. We give a rat's about some illegal immigrants when our grandfathers, our great-grandfathers, came over here, same situation, and did it legally. It's a freaking disgrace, Kevin Wolf. You're exactly right. It's an absolute disgrace that we are not taking care of our veterans and letting some knuckleheads run in here from a country that they're being brought by cartels or they're being brought by China. I made up my mind that I wasn't going to do this every day this week. I was going to only talk about sports, but this has me pissed off so bad that it has to be discussed. What could we possibly, as a nation, be thinking? What can we possibly, as a government, be, well, they're dreamers. Really? You can dream in Venezuela. You can dream in Mexico. You can dream, or you can dream here, but come in legally. There's nothing wrong with coming in legally. Nobody's saying not to. Nobody's hating. It's unbelievable. Seriously. I'm going to talk to Ennis Cantor Freedom. Hopefully he runs for something but this is amazing to me. Seriously. This is amazing, amazing, amazing to me that we are this stupid. We are this shallow. We are this callous. We are this this disloyal in our country to do this. Dan, how do you know we aren't? It's an, uh, whatever. Yeah, you're right. We're not. It's a bizarro world. A, man, a very Vietnam, a Marine vet gets thrown in jail for protecting the subway from a crazy, multi-time felon. It is crazy. It is absolutely insane. All right, let's get back to sports. There is a ton of hype, ladies and gentlemen, here in Indianapolis. I mean, more hype. Our little guy, Greggy Doyle, thinks we got a great one. Greg don't know. Greg lies about his affairs. Greg lies about Aaron. Greg just lies. I mean, Greg is pandering. uh, But he's our guy, apparently. He's our guy. (laughs) So Anthony Richardson's great. Because, well, that's the media in Indy. I remember a few years ago, Indianapolis beat the Minnesota Vikings, and our guy Greg he put out there: well, you know, here's a blueprint for the Super Bowl. They hired Archie Miller, and it was a Grand Slam hire. Idiots, all of them, <laughs> here in Indy. Well, I don't know that every other city has the same group of idiots. I don't think they do. Tennessee seems to have a more, what's the right word, uh, non-insane, lying, venomous, ridiculous media. I mean, when you kind of tell lies about your own affair, when you admit to having affairs, like Doyle did, I made him so crazy, he admitted having an affair, and then he lied about who he was having an affair with when he admitted it in his own article. Mind-blowing. So I don't pay attention, except that I do, because truthfully I'm getting a kick out of the Anthony Richardson hype here in Indianapolis. Tannehill is not beloved in Tennessee. Davis Mills is not a thing in Houston. So it's much easier. You go there as C.J. Stroud, guess what? C.J. Stroud's gonna start immediately. C.J. Stroud is, boom, here we go. Boom. Yeah, you gotta like our chat. But C.J. Stroud, you're the second pick in the draft. If you ain't starting, look, the media went crazy on Urban Meyer because when Minshew was there, he made uh, Trevor Lawrence work against against Tr- Gardner Minshew as a number two quarterback. Urban Meyer, wrong side of the media. Frank Reich doing the same thing right now with Bryce Young. Guess what? Oh man, nobody's criticizing him because why? Frank Reich's a (laughs) mensa. Frank Reich's great with the media. The world of Ricky quarterback is insane, but I will say this. There was nothing interesting last year in the AFC South. Jeff Saturday came in and looked like a complete idiot. Uh, Houston was uninteresting and bad, although uh, Lovie Smith won a game, which screwed them. Ultimately, it didn't. Tennessee was uninteresting because they fell apart. And Jacksonville, name me three players on Jacksonville, not named Trevor Lawrence. Uninteresting. It all changes. It all changes with that guy, C.J. Stroud. It all changes with our guy, Anthony Richardson and to a certain degree it changes with Will Levison. I gotta tell you I'm, I'm all in if nothing else I want interesting and there is a ton ton of hype I mean a ton of hype ton of hype around the AFC South quarterbacks and I am here for it alright we got a couple of things we got. I got to talk to Ennis Cantor about this. I, I, I'm sorry I do, but I don't know if you saw this. But Ennis, well, Dwight Howard, the heavily muscled moron, former NBA player, actually had the audacity while playing in Taiwan to call Taiwan a country. Quick calls were made from Nike. Quick calls were made from the NBA. Look, China doesn't acknowledge... <laughs> <laughs> Taiwan is a con I can't believe I'm saying this. So what did this moron Dwight Howard do? This high school educated fool? Oh, oh, I'm sorry. I have a lot of respect for the Chinese people. He backed down. He backed down like Bob Huggins in a phone call to me threatening to beat up Jamal Meeks. Couldn't have backed down quick. We got to talk to Ennis Cantor about it. Hey, look right now, there's 500 people on the YouTube chat. Will all of you just go to the like button right now and start hitting it? Just ding, 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 ding. Somehow, some way, and subscribe if you don't mind. Somehow, some way that helps our show. I don't exactly know how. All right, the great Ennis Cantor Freedom joins us next, and I cannot wait. That's it. I got to take a break. We'll be right back with more on Don't At Me across the Outkick Network.
3: okay here we go right oh hello everyone i'm dwight howard and since i came to Taiwan, i've gained a whole new appreciation of this country this place makes me feel so much love and i experience so much hospitality with friendly and great living environment with such a great diverse culture now I would like to invite you and everyone to come out and experience the warmth and vitality that I have felt during my time in Taiwan, and even the opportunity to stay at the presidential office. Ha, ha, ha. Howard, it's not just a quick visit. We are actually inviting them to spend a night
5: at the presidential office.
3: The script is written that way, but are you really sure we can stay for one night at the president's office? Yes. The president's office? So I might even bump into the president herself while going for a late-night snack.
1: Yeah, and the stage
5: includes breakfast and other tasty Taiwanese snacks. That is
3: crazy. I don't even know if that's legal in my country or not. That's why Taiwan is a free country. Okay, I like it. (laughs) Let's do it again. Okay, yeah. Oh! Three, two, one, action. Now, I would like to invite you to participate and spend the night at Taiwan's presidential office building event. Yeah!
1: go all right so of course he backed down of course he uh showed his cowardice by saying oh i'm sorry it's not a country what's going on here and it's how are you
5: good my man how are you doing you okay
1: yeah i'm great
5: yeah, i don't want. i don't want, i don't want to see you sad man i want to i want to see you smile you know
1: <laughs> um He apologized for calling it a country. How does it... Walk me through what you think happened between the time that Dwight Howard made that idiotic commercial, which, fine, to the point where who got a hold of Dwight Howard and said, look, you got to apologize because you called Taiwan a country.
5: Mm -hmm. You know, this is not actually the first time we are witnessing this. I mean, if you go back and if you see what John Cena did, actually, this was... John Cena's apology was like thousands of times worse. He actually was apologizing from the Chinese government in Mandarin, you know? And I was like, I cannot believe that, you know, from under the that muscle, you are just going to bow down to a dictatorship. I was like, I cannot believe it. Anyway, let's go to Dwight. You know, uh, when I heard about that, I, when I when I saw that commercial, I'm like, oh, my God, he called Taiwan a free country. That's amazing, you know, because you don't see any athlete talking about Taiwan at all. They love to talk, talk about Ukraine, of course, because they know that it's not going to hit their pocket or endorsement deals. But you say anything about Taiwan or China, then, you know, you're in trouble. Um, and then, like, a couple hours later or a day later, whatever, he came out and apologized, apologized from the Chinese government. And I reached out to him, actually. I mean, me and him going against each other on the basketball court for the last, last what, like 11 years and stuff. And I told him, I'm like, dude, you know, don't apologize, man. You did not say anything wrong, you know. Don't not bow down to a dictatorship. Stay strong, brother. You know, he wrote back to me. I don't want to put it out there what he said and stuff, but he, I mean, he, he got it. He got me, so.
1: Well, but he did apologize. So, does when something like that happens, does Nike get involved? Does the NBA call him? Because, look, you don't just apologize. <laughs> you, you do that, and you don't just apologize. Somebody's got to reach out and say, look, you better do this, or, right?
5: Right. No, 100%. I mean, of course, he, him, it, I mean, he, look how happy he was actually on that commercial. You know right. and i'm sure he was so hyped so excited so happy and i'm definitely sure right after that commercial that someone reached out to him probably his agency or maybe his manager or his endorsement deals and they're like dude what are you doing you make i don't know if he makes a lot of money from china or not i'm sure maybe probably he does but they're like dude what are you doing you're about to lose millions of dollars and he went out and apologized. And I'm like, come on, man. I cannot believe, like, there's... Can, can there's not, like, one athlete out there that can just stay strong against this Chinese government? Like, I just... It just blows my mind, man.
1: He said, and, I, and I'm going to quote here, I'm not a politician. I don't want to get involved in any politics. I have the utmost respect for Chinese people, utmost respect for Taiwanese people. So it's was mev- never my intent to disrespect anybody. If I offended anybody in China, I apologize. Mm-hmm. It wasn't my intent to harm with what I said in the commercial. What's your reaction to the apology? So
5: so I want you to go back and actually listen to what John Cena said when he apologized. He, he It was literally the same script. John Cena was like, well, I didn't know. I, was, I saw if I offended any Chinese um, fans or Chinese government, I apologize. Uh, he actually said it over and over again. And look at him. It's literally the same script, you know? So I just don't understand what is going on. Like Hollywood, sports world, like, come on. You know, have some, like, get a spine. Like, what is going on? Say, so I, I, I'm just shocked, man. And I'm like, and Dwight is like, he actually is my friend. So that's why I reached out to him. I'm like, dude, like, what are you doing? You embarrassing yourself? You are embarrassing, like, many people out there. That country, Taiwan... Actually, so he did not get no NBA contract, right? And Taiwan literally became a second home for him. The Taiwanese fans loved him. The Taiwanese people just embraced him and stuff. And now you're saying, I'm I'm not a politician. You don't have to be a politician to stand strong, you know? So it's just crazy to me. You see all the athletes talking about Ukraine and talking about Russia and talking about how we should just... And I'm with them, sure, you know, what's going on over there is heartbreaking. But what about, what about China and Taiwan? You know, if God forbid, let me ask you this question. You're a very smart man. If God forbid China ever to happen invade Taiwan, how many CEOs, how many companies, how many organizations will pull out of uh, China? Zero, you know, so that's why I'm like, this is a big hypocrisy.
1: Let, let me ask you because I want to go back to something you said, Ennis. You, you you said that Taiwan became a second home, and you're absolutely right. They gave him a contract. I assume he made a ton of money. <clears throat> yes. They put him out there in a commercial for the president of the country. How does how do the Taiwanese people then feel? How right. offended are they when he goes backwards and says, "Well, you know, it's not a country." How, how do those folks feel?
5: I mean, think about, like, think about that. Like, you are the most famous basketball player in that country. And you are, I mean, I, I, I look at his videos and stuff and he just, like, I mean, he's he, he's a fun guy. He goes around and, you know, just hangs out with people and takes pictures and, you know, do a lot of, like, charity work, do a lot of commercials and stuff. So, like, Taiwanese fans love him. But for him to just go out there and say, oh, Taiwan is not a country? it just breaks so many people's heart, you know? So I was reading the comments, and all of them were saying like, Dwight, we thought you were better than this. You know, we thought you were, we are we family. Like, why would you do that to us? We are a free country. You know, Taiwan is not part of China. And I mean, you don't have to be a politician to know what's going on. I mean, you live in that country. I, you just need to go out there and actually like educate yourself in a country that you live in, you know? I mean, we are in a, we're not living in a, um, now you have like all the sources in the world to just read, you know, just go out there and see what's going on. But I mean, his apology definitely broke my heart like with all the other uh, Taiwanese fans. And I I immediately, post uh, something out there because those people are amazing people, man. I have so many Taiwanese fans are messaging me every day, you know? And I was like, you know what? I cannot wait to go to Taiwan. I cannot wait to just hang out with them, so.
1: You know, so, you know, we always look at how you're going to offend China. That That's like, mm-hmm. it's like, man, don't offend China. Particularly the NBA is the leader in this. Don't offend right. China. Well, so, so do you think... Like, will Dwight Howard be invited back to play in Taiwan? How, how does that dynamic work?
5: See, that's the beauty of Taiwanese people. They're just so kind and so nice. You know, they will be heartbroken for sure, but they love Dwight, you know? So, like, they want the same respect from Dwight, you know? And just, they're, they're like, well, just respect us. Just respect our country. We are literally giving you food, giving you home giving you money giving you your respect you got kicked out of a league i mean you cannot when i say kicked out i meant like you cannot find a contract yeah. in in nba but like we are giving you everything you need and you're happy and you're just literally killing it in during the season but now you're going to go out there and and saying that oh you know the 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 place that i play in is not a country it's under a dictatorship you know it's a uh, it's ruled by the biggest dictatorship in the world. Um, I apologize by saying that, you know, that is free, whatever. I'm, I'm like, come on, man. This is just unacceptable. This is it's just, just shame. You know, it takes you from here to there, you know?
1: So I I, I, I just can't imagine that the general secretary of the Communist Party, uh, mm-hmm. Jinping would invite somebody to stay at the executive secretary of the Communist Party of China's place like he did. You know, I don't think if if, if, if Dwight Howard is playing in China, I don't think he's making videos of, hey, come stay in Xi Jinping's, Jinping's house. I don't think that's happening. So, you know, if you're not smart enough to understand the politics and at least be smart enough to understand the people.
5: Exactly. I mean, Xi Jinping... You know, he got he's scared, he's scared of his own shadow. He got hundreds of securities around him all the time and he cannot go anywhere alone and stuff. I mean, this dude we're talking about is literally banned a cartoon because people made making were making fun of him or saying that he looks like Winnie the Pooh. I mean, how crazy you have to be to just ban the one of the most famous cartoons author in the world, just because the people were saying that you look like that guy. You look like that. that cartoon character you know so like i'm I'm confused i just don't understand like is like money really that important and also i understand i still wouldn't understand but i understand if you were like a rookie if it was like if this was your second or third year in a league and you're still trying to build a career you're still trying to you know earn your respect and make money you played in the league for 16 17 years you Earn hundreds of dollars, hundreds of millions of dollars just from NBA contract, and I'm not even counting the um the endorsement deals. Like what else do you want? That's what I'm like so shocked about. Like people like him, people like LeBron James, who signed a contract with Nike, lifetime contract, one billion dollar with the B, you know, you just become a billionaire like a few months ago. What else do you want? You know, is money and business really that important? And these people are going out there and calling themselves a social justice warrior, human rights activist, freedom fighter, you know. So that's why I don't respect those people when they talk about the problems that we are happening in in America, you know, because they know they're just only doing that for their own PR. If the things that they talk about in America would affect their money, I promise you they would not say a word about it.
1: I agree. I, look, uh, you know, we saw it with Brittany Griner. All of a sudden, she's saying that she has a different take on the national anthem. Really, really, you, yeah. you got educated in a very tough way, and you realize yeah. that this is a pretty damn good place to live.
5: That, hey, that's why I'm trying to tell my teammates. Like, I remember it was uh so the lot It was my last year playing with the Celtics, right? So I remember it was like towards end of the season. And all my teammates were sitting down and having a conversation about, oh, my God, how bad America is. It's a terrible place. We have no rights, no freedom, no this. I was like, the, guys, the, the season is about to be over. After the season, let me buy your tickets and let's go Let's go to some of these countries out there. And I'm paying for everything, hotels, flights, food, everything. Let's go to Iran. Let's go to Russia. Let's go to China. Let's go to North Korea, Venezuela, and Cuba. And let me see if you guys can even, like, put a tweet out there and criticize the government or the president or the regime or anything. I promise you and your family members will be in jail and getting tortured and raped. So they just don't know any better. I just hope that they can educate themselves. That's why dribbling a basketball is good and everything. But when you don't read, when you don't educate yourself, you just don't know anything about the world.
1: Are you gonna run for Congress?
5: <laughs> Good question. Um, I am actually thinking about it, yeah, because whenever I go to Congress and and Senate actually and talk about human rights and so we have like five ten minute conversation and people are like, like, what are you doing? Bring your voice to Congress. you know, you'll be the, like the best candidate, you know? So just just pick pick somewhere worm,
1: and after that, you know you'll be elected for sure. Yeah, buddy, that's a tough run, but I would love to see it. All right, let me go to the NBA. Uh, John Morant in trouble again. What are your thoughts oh on that? Goodness.
5: Listen, first of all, you need to get a better friend, man. Like, whoever is advising you, whoever around you, get rid of them immediately. You are one of the faces of this league. You just signed a contract with Nike over, what, 100 or 200 million-something You sign a five-year max contract with Memphis. And now you want to go out there and act like, what, you are, I don't want to say a wrong word, but you are that person on the street, whoever. I'm like, come on, man. Like, you're literally just, you're trying to get yourself out of the league. And the sad thing is, there are thousands, maybe millions of people, kids around the world idolizing you. So you holding a gun, right? Listening to this crazy music, and all the fans going to think that is a cool thing to do, and they're going to follow your footsteps. They're going to idolize you. So, like, what are you doing? So, he needs to get a better friend, because that friend is was with him was not a good friend, because if he was a good friend, he will slap that gun out of his hand and say, do not waste your life on this, like... Well, I don't, I don't want to say anything wrong. Anyway, but it's just sad to oh, see him... On that road.
1: You know, everybody, well, somebody said, if you can't change your friend, change your friends, you know, and I'm with you. It's yeah. like. Guy's on Instagram Live not telling him, you're an idiot for having a gun, obviously. I mean, and you did he, the problem that I look at it, this is me being an ex-coach, he didn't learn from the first time. I think he got a bit of a break the first time from the NBA when you had yeah. all the different things up that were coming out. And here he's like, yeah. hey, NBA, stick it. I'm going to do what I want to do.
5: You know, NBA, NBA kept told, talking about, you know, morals and, you know, inspiring the young generation and standing for what's right and stuff. I mean if I was if I was Adam Silver if I was a commissioner I will just ban him whole next season to just to set an example just just to show the kids around the world this is not we we don't care who you are we don't care if you're like the best player on earth you do something that is just not acceptable we will ban you so I think he should be banned whole next season to just to set an example for the next generation
1: Yeah, I don't disagree with that. I think a couple of other NBA players have come out and said the thing. You know, at one point, and I get that the end, it seems to me, you can tell me I'm wrong, but it seems to me the NBA does the worst job of protecting its game uh, and and the best job of protecting kind of crap, right? Just crap. Like, you know, we're going to protect China. We're going to protect players that act like at some point you got to protect the integrity of the sport and what kids see. At some point you do. You have to.
5: Exactly. Exactly. I mean, there are so many people came out and talked about it. I mean, I'm sure you follow what Phil uh, Jackson said. He said, I mean, this we're talking about like the best the best coach maybe ever, you know. And he said he has not watched an NBA game since the bubble. And there are many other players like that. I mean, look at John Stockton. He was talking about vaccination, you know, uh, how people are losing their job just because of they're unvaccinated. I mean, I have two NBA ref friends, actually, that lost their job just because of they were unvaccinated, you know? And now they are suing the league, I believe. But, um, you know, NBA is literally standing for the wrong things. And they think they are... Do you think what they trying to do is gonna be the good for their own PR? But it's not. It's just getting worse and worse every day. You know, it's like NBA is literally becoming like a um, what do you uh, what do you call this? Like there's so much drama and there's so much you know things that happen is not has nothing to do with the uh, basketball and stuff. Reality show. That's what I was trying to say. NBA is literally becoming a reality show. This is so. It's just. It's sad to see it. It's, it starts with the commissioner.
1: Why are you why did Elon Musk ban you Twitter in Turkey?
5: Unbelievable, man. You know, like it just so so what 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 he's doing in America is obviously no one can say anything about it. But like when it comes to obviously he's a businessman, so he hasn't care about what he's doing and his business and stuff. So obviously he does a lot of business in uh, Turkey. So literally Turkish government reached out to him and said um, ban him immediately. So not only me, but he banned a couple other journalists too. And this is like the most critical time in maybe Turkish like history because there are elections and there's literally a dictatorship going against a, a guy who's secular, going for democracy. So... Right before the election, Turkish government re- reached out to Elon and said, ban this, this and that guy. And he did it. And uh, it just, I had to call him out, man, because it's just what he's doing is just not right. Um, he even tweeted and said, would you rather want me to ban only like a few guys and or you just rather uh, let them ban the whole app in a the country? They're bluffing. They're not going to ban the whole app in Turkey, you know. But Elon thinks like a businessman. Obviously, he wants to make a lot of uh, money from uh, Turkey and stuff. So it's just sad to see. uh, But I had to uh, call him out on that one.
1: So by banning you in Mm -hmm. Turkey, that means that your tweets don't reach Turkey? I mean, I I guess I don't (laughs) understand that. Is that like there's like a wall where – all right, boom.
5: So when you – when you go to Turkey, right, if you go to Turkey, now don't go right now, <laughs> go in like when Erdogan <laughs> is out of office. Uh, but if if you go to Turkey and if you try to get on my uh, t- Twitter account, it says um, this account is banned, you know, but okay. only in that specific country, only in Turkey. If you go anywhere else around the world that my tweets are out there, then you can see what's going on and stuff. It's it's a little weird because Twitter is the only company that's doing that. I mean, I'm not banned on Facebook and Instagram or, you know, any other social media outlets, but Twitter is the only one for some reason. And, uh, yeah, I've been banned for for a while now.
1: I was always told that, uh, well, Elon Musk was bringing back free speech Apparently mm. not, not with you. In America, sure. Look, yeah, I
5: I'll, I'll give him a yeah. credit, sure. Some of the things he does, yes, but yeah. some of the things he does is unacceptable. So and the 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 regime that you're trying to, you know, I guess work with is a dictatorship. So everyone is like like what are you doing? You talk about free speech, right? You, you buy you you give out give away forty-four billion dollars. So, say, you care about free speech, but on the other side, you're working with a dictatorship and banning accounts. Like, it just doesn't make sense.
1: I just always wonder, like, I, I don't know. I, I just always kind of wonder, uh, I'm, I'm a, like, I, I don't have much money, but I'm not afraid to speak out. I mean, if I had fu money, I'd be dangerous. Like, I wouldn't be listening to nobody. If I had, you know, if I could spend $44 billion on something, I don't <laughs> give a damn what some dictator – I don't know. Exactly. Am I maybe that's too simple. I don't know.
5: And also, like, he doesn't maybe he doesn't think about what he could cost actually, because that you are gonna let him win and he's gonna be in power for another five years. And just just for that, there's gonna be so much blood on your hand because that, that's a di- He's a dictator that shuts down media outlets, puts journalists in jail. And there are so many reports that this journalist in a jail gets killed, tortured, and rape and stuff. So, and so like, what are you doing? You know, you have so much blood in your hand.
1: If you, if you acquiesce and you say, I want this done and you're Elon Musk or others and you do it, then you are acquiescing to a dictatorship as it's yeah. it. Perfect. I mean, you know, if you're it, it, it and you are supporting it, which is, I don't know why anybody would want to, but. Hey, man, keep fighting the fight. Hope you run because the world needs you. world needs more of you and less them, of the man. crap. So appreciate yeah. you, man. Thanks for coming on. You're always great. Um, for
5: sure, man. Always nice talking to you.
1: There he is. He is fantastic. I hope he runs because we need people that aren't afraid. Let's be honest. It seems like we've got an entire nation of afraid. Like we got, you're talking about Elon Musk banning a man in Turkey. Why? Because he speaks truths about Turkey? The bottom line is this. If you support bad stuff, then you're in line with bad stuff. Then you are a bad person. I don't get it. Like, I honestly don't get it. Dwight Howard's thing fascinates me because he looks so happy. And then if you read his statement, it is such a miserable-sounding statement. So I'm going to go support the misery because Nike may get mad at me or because the NBA may get mad at me. And I guess that's the way the world works. I guess if I were... In his shoes, I, I still wouldn't do it. I'm just telling you. I don't give a damn. I wouldn't do it. I I, uh, I wouldn't do it. Not even close. All right, we come back. I got some stock up and stock downs. You know, Brittany Griner, here's a shocker. She went to Russia, got thrown in a Russian jail. Oh, wait a second. She got a new view on the country. Really? Really? No kidding? God, what a surprise. <laughs> Morons. Morons. We have more morons that we got to talk about. I want to have one day where we just talk about the good stuff. I am going to praise LeBron James. Don't at me about it either. Stock up, stock down, and it includes Indiana University. Men's basketball. What? We'll be right back. We'll be right back. Got to take a short break here. We are rolling with Don't At Me, and you don't want to miss it. Stay
0: tuned.
1: Hey, you know, uh, breaking news. Matt Ryan, former Colts quarterback, is not announcing his retirement. He's just announcing that he's joining CBS as an analyst. I can't imagine anyone duller than Matt Ryan. Jay Billis. I'll give you that. I can't imagine anybody duller than those two. He, he's going to be to basket or to football, what Billis is, to college basketball. so far. Oh. Well, they threw it down the floor, and come on. Uh, so Matt Ryan is going to join CBS, and the world is a better place. Stock up, baby. So after the weekend, I'm watching. I'm sizing things up, and stock up LeBron James. I'm Look, nobody expected it to happen. They were 2-10 to start the year. They had a rookie coach in Darvin Ham, and next thing you know, At the trade deadline, they switch places, basically. They have six out, six in. Austin Reeves becomes a thing. All of a sudden, Anthony Davis in the playoffs starts guarding everybody from a one to the four. He takes out Steph Curry. It's unbelievable, but the constant through it all is LeBron James. So here goes LeBron James back into the Western Conference Finals. Now, he's playing my Serbian brother, Jokic, so it's going to be a blast to watch, I think, anyway. It's going to be fascinating to see what Anthony Davis can do against Jokic. It's going to be fascinating to see how many games in the series old street clothes misses because, well, street clothes, he's going to get hit by the awkwardness of Jokic, so thereby he's going to get hurt. And we all know a little bump on the head and Anthony Davis is out in a stretcher. I mean, yo. Know, Get the wheelchair, baby. Anthony Davis got touched in a game and not in the nice places. But you got to pitch in. You do. You got to pitch in for LeBron James. He's the all-time leading scorer. Hell, he might end up being the all-time leading assist guy. He's taken everybody that he plays with, either East Conference, West Conference, Finals, uh, NBA title. I mean, he's just done it with everybody. So you got to pitch in and give the guy a little bit of credit. Look, I understand... I don't like his politics, man. He's LaFraud. He flops. Okay. That's fine. I get it. I ain't mad about what you're saying, and I think you might be right. All right? I'm not saying you're wrong. All I'm saying to you is this you got to respect the dude's work on the court. You just have to. You do. And this is going to be interesting because, really, it's not LeBron James and the matchup, although he against Jamal Murray would be fun. Jamal Murray's a terrific playoff player like Devin Booker of the Suns. But the interesting matchup is going to involve Davis and Jokic. Is Davis too quick for Jokic? Is Jokic too physical for Davis? You know, Davis gets in a stance. He gets spread out. He's about from me to the frickin' wall over there. Me to the wall over here. You can hear it. That's not very far. But the wall over there is far, man. And he uses his length and he uses it very well. So it's going to be a fun series. It's going to be a late night series. So I'm going to look like three miles of bad road every morning, uh, day after, because I'm going to watch. And I'm going to enjoy because I enjoy the living hell out of a good series, particularly a late night series. I don't know who I'm betting on. I have no idea. I have no idea who I'm betting on. What I do know is this. What I do know is I am going to watch, and I, ladies and gentlemen, have a ton of respect for LeBron James. Brittany Griner! Hey, look, you take the little victories in this country where you can get them. Brittany Griner, as we spoke a little bit earlier, said it just hit different. The original, well, never mind. The woman with an Adam's apple says it just hit different this time. Now, I'm going to do something, okay? I'm going to go to the WNBA. I did not do this before, but I'm going to go to the WNBA section of ESPN. And I'm going to open it up. And you know what? Griner nets 10 in unofficial return. All right. It doesn't. The headline is not how the national anthem hit right. There is an art there. She acknowledged after hearing the anthem before the game, it definitely hit different. That's the only part that they talk about. That should be a headline. Like Brittany Griner saying the national anthem hit different should be the headline of ESPN regular. Not only the never-watched, never-paid-attention-to-WNBA part of it. That should be numero uno. Damn near should be numero uno on every sports site. I know we here at OutKick, of course, because this is what we do, we put it up there, but don't you think? Like, here is somebody that protested. She didn't know what she was protesting because she did not know what was out there, just like these idiots Frank Reich and others don't. But long story short, so now she finds out where uh, weed, arrogance, gets you thrown in a Russian gulag. I think it's a gulag. I don't know, maybe it's not a gulag. Let's just say jail. Well, next thing you know, wait a second here. This wouldn't have happened in the United States. Of course it wouldn't. You're a African-American lesbian athlete. You could m- commit murder and you ain't going to jail. I mean, are you kidding me? How many boxes are you going to check over here? There is no, no, no accountability for Brittany Griner over here in America. We know that. So Brittany Griner decides, hey, it hit different. Really? Good for you, Brittany Griner. Brittany Griner, you knew better at the time. You just got caught up in trying to make cap money. And like Cap, when you speak, it just seems dull, uninteresting, and uneducated. All right. Uh, Bryce Harper, baby. Stock up Bryce Harper. Bryce Harper the other day came tearing out of the dugout to defend his teammate. Look at him. Yeah, Bryce Harper's not messing around. I've never been the biggest Bryce Harper fan. I've become, I guess, more of a Bryce Harper fan. I have. Bryce Harper, to me, uh, won me over. I don't know. I'm not sure when. I like the fact that the Washington Nationals won the championship without him. But this pitcher, this know nothing no know-who-knows pitcher uh, named Jake Beard was, uh, you know, taunting. He was doing some taunting of his teammates. Next thing you know, um, well... Bryce Harper comes tearing out of the dugout. We can't show it to you, but I'm all in on it. He's been hurt, Harper has. So he said, hey, look, I'm going out. He says, I got emotion. I understand getting fired up for an inning and stuff like that, but once you make it about a team or make it about yourself and the other team, that's when I've kind of got a problem. The bench is cleared. Guys did some shoving. He had Tommy John surgery. He said, after that point, I just uh, I went out there. Just to go. JT was right behind me. T1, same thing. I appreciate my teammates coming out with me and doing that. It was the heat of the moment. Ron Johnson, Rob Rob Thompson, the manager, said, hey, a guy yelling in your dugout, that shouldn't happen. Flat out, that shouldn't happen. So he got no problem. Uh, Once we got out there, Bird just flew in the dugout and went away. No one really saw him after he did what he did. Yeah. Hey, look, I'm all for defending your teammates. But when you do it when you're hurt, I'm even more for that. The legendary Bill Lee, the spaceman, got his wing clipped. He was a left-handed specialist, a stylish lefty, if you were, back in the day. He went out there, got hurt. Hey, it's not advisable, but I don't care. You know, there was a time, ladies and gentlemen, when Jason Day, you remember that name, Jason Day, was among the two or three best golfers in Major League Professional Golf, 17-18 wins by 2018 said that he hadn't won in five years, went through a lot of stuff. Well, yesterday at the Byron Nelson, Jason Day won by a shot and he shot 62 to do it. That's pretty good. Now this is one of those stories where Jason Day has been around it all year. I like Sunday afternoons watching the PGA Tour, I do. I like seeing a guy and betting a guy. So I took Jason Day along with, uh, what did I take? I took Jason Day along with the Celtics. Pretty good day, no pun intended, if I must say so myself. So Jason Day now has 18 professional wins. He won the PGA in 15. But good for Jason Day. Five years of long drought when at one point you were at the top. He was one of the best players. He lives on Muirfield. Urban was a friend of his, played golf with him, and said he's just a great guy. So I always, always, always liked Jason Day. And I was very happy. Not only did he win me money, but Jason Day won himself a tournament. All right, my boys, Indiana University. Now, look, you got to understand Mike Woodson is different. Mike Woodson played at Indiana. Mike Woodson is one of us, Broad Ripple High School in Indianapolis. I called for a former Indiana player to be hired. The AD listened, the AD called me. We walked through all this stuff. Next thing you know, Woodson's hired. Now, Woodson. Hasn't exactly set the world on fire in two years. He came in like ninth and third in the Big Ten. He got to the NCAA tournament. They quit this year against Miami. But one thing that Indiana University will always do, we will always anoint a savior, and the guy on the right, some dude named McKenzie Gabaco, is our latest savior. Title number six was coming when Cody Zeller came. Title number six was coming when Victor Oladipo came. Title number six was coming when a group called, they called themselves the Movement. I referred to them as the Bowel Movement. Title number six was coming when Archie Miller was coming because the idiot that is Greg Doyle of the Indie Star said it was a Grand Slam hire. I told you he'd be fired in four years. Terrible hire, and it was. Romeo Langford, he of the not caring about anything other than his shoe deal. He was the latest hero. Yay, rock, go fight, win. Trace Jackson Davis, he was the next hero. Yay, rock, go fight, win. Jalen Shafino Hood, Hood Shif- I don't ever always get the three names mixed up. He was the latest hero. Go fight, win. So here's our next hero, a guy that didn't want to play at Duke. I don't know why you wouldn't want to play at Duke. What are you afraid of? But anyway, Mackenzie Gababaco. He's our latest guy, a sweet shooting 6'8 kid that can shoot it. People that I've talked to said, yeah, he's a good player, good fit for Indiana, can really shoot it. Indiana's got enough big guys can get on the block, need some shooting. And Mike Woodson did what Bill Self wouldn't do. Mike Woodson went out and allegedly promised this kid to be a starter. That's kind of what Woodson does. Yeah, you're going to start? What the hell else do I got? Well, I got Miller Cup, Cooper Cup. What, what do we got? I don't know. Of course, you're going to start. So, there you go. So, Woodson promised, the kid talked to Camel, Camelo Anthony, said, Woody's a genuine guy. He's going to push you. There you go. All right. He was at the Nike Hoop Summit, McDonald's All American, 22 and 8, playing for the world select team. So, of course, again, Indiana has the greatest recruiting class in the world, and Indiana is going to win multiple national championships. Uh, Because we got another savior. If I seem like I'm being disingenuous, I am. I love Indiana basketball. Indiana basketball is part of my soul. My soul. But I got to tell you, I'm tired of all these guys being the next big thing. I would like to see a really good team. I would like to see a really good team that comes together. I got to tell you. And that leads me right into my last stock up. The ladies of Harvard softball, you talk about a team. These ladies were floundering a bit. Nothing was really going their way. They went to Princeton, lost two or three. But next thing you know, guys, they are a real team. This is what I'd like to see out of Indiana. Indiana players, for whatever the reason, since 2002 have thought they've actually done something. They haven't done anything, nothing, zero zip. Not one group has done nothing. Hell, I captained an Elite Eight team and started on an Elite Eight team, and all we had to do to get to the Elite Eight was beat an 18-year NBA veteran in Johnny Newman and then beat Michael Jordan. All these guys got to do is beat Miami with what? I don't know, the Cavender Twins? Wait, those are girls. So every year since 2002, we've had to listen to Indiana. And I've never once I did. I saw a real team out there, actually two times since 2002. Harvard softball, the women of Harvard softball are a real team. They legitimately care about each other. I told Lee, I go, man, I'm so invested in this team as a step-parent because these girls, when you hang around the hotel with the parents and everybody's invested in everybody else, they're always sitting together, they're always talking together, they're always pumping up each other, hey, you know – Uh, Lindsay has an exam tomorrow. We're going to help her. I mean, it's amazing to me when you get a group that is so invested in one another and the power of that. So what does Harvard softball do? Well, let me give it to you. They got to win their last three games at home against a team that was good enough to make the final four. They beat them, beat them all three, won the last one 11 to nothing. So, or 11 to three, they got to go to Princeton and play in a four-team tournament. They got to play Yale, their rival. They beat the hell out of Yale. Okay, then they got to play Columbia. They beat the hell out of Columbia. Now they got to play Princeton at Princeton with obnoxious fans. Fans that after strikeouts are waving at the Harvard players. Fans that bitch about every single call, every pitch was oh, oh, no. Oh. So what'd they do? They got blown out. In the noon game on Saturday, blown out, six to nothing. I think they got one hit. So, what does Harvard softball do? They start a freshman. They start a freshman, and she is a stud. And this freshman goes out and dominates. This freshman goes out and decides that, you know what? I'm gonna win because, well, frankly, Um, I'm pretty good, but it always doesn't go that way, does it? It's three to nothing. It's three to nothing. And next thing you know, it's three to two. So what does the coach do? Well, I'll tell you what the coach does. The coach brings in a junior named Anna Reed. Anna Reed decides that she, ladies and gentlemen, is going to be Basically, Mariano Rivera. She is Mariano Rivera. Next thing you know, all right, guess what? Next thing you know, Sacrifice Fly by Tegan Shaw provides the winning margin. Next thing you know, the gals are in the freaking playoffs. They're in the NCAA tournament, ladies and gentlemen. That's right. They're in the NCAA tournament, and we will be traveling. Yes, ladies and gentlemen, we will be traveling to Fayetteville because, ladies and gentlemen, Fayetteville is where Arkansas is. Riley Flynn, I was looking it up. I couldn't remember her last name. Riley Flynn was a freshman pitcher. She was player of the year, and I can't wait. We're going to get in the car. It's nine hours, one minute to Fayetteville, And we're going to drive it Thursday after the show, and I can't wait. Stock down. The Phoenix Suns. What the hell are you doing? The Phoenix Suns firing Monty Williams. Monty Williams just won the most games. He's coach of the year. Who are you getting better, Matt Ishbia? And here's the worst part of it. You gave in. You gave in to Chris Paul, and you gave in to Kevin Durant. When is giving in to Kevin Durant ever worked for anybody, including Rick Barnes at Texas? It's never a good thing. So here's the deal. Our guy, what's that guy's name? Adrian Wojnarowski. He puts in that it was the owner, Ishbia, who made the call. Then he since deleted it. Of course it was the owner, Ishbia. Ishbia comes in and he seems like a great guy. Everybody at Michigan State tells me he's a great guy but he wants to put his own stamp on the team that just disappointed and, in fact, quit. DeAndre Ayton quit. Chris Paul was out, and whenever you have, ladies and gentlemen, Kevin Durant in the modern Kevin Durant, you got an absolute mess. Stock down, sons. Stock down. Firing. Firing. Monty Williams. Um, There is controversy in Chicago in baseball, and it revolves around Tim Anderson. Apparently we can't show it. But Tim Anderson gets on first base. Now, Tim Anderson, the oft-injured, bumbling, highly overrated shortstop of the Chicago Cubs, said to the first baseman, I hate this place. Now, people are now saying, I hate this pace. I don't know. He was talking about the pitch clock. Obviously, he said, I hate this place. And frankly, hey, if you said it, stand by it. Be a man. Walk like a man. I'm a man. And not what athletes always say? I'm a man. I'm a grown-ass man. Yeah, pull this. It plays jingle bells. Look, I got to ask you a question. Six years in college, Stetson, Benson, Stetson Bennett, the quarterback of Georgia, six years. I got to go two hands. Six years in college. And this guy doesn't graduate. Uh. I'm going to show you a great tweet. Remember Cardell Jones saying, I ain't here to play school? Cardell Jones, here he is. buddy. definitely wasn't playing school. That is fantastic. Stenson Bennett, besides being in college since 2017, has not graduated from Georgia. Georgia's a mess. Like, no, actually, you know what Georgia is? Georgia is the perfect illustration of the modern way college athletics are. A six-year quarterback that doesn't graduate, a little recruiting girl, speeding, drunk, in a car with athletes, ends up tragically. Athletes, big time stars, speeding, racing, ends badly. It is, it's the modern way athletics are going. Entitled athletes, little recruiting girl, Host, you know, uh, it's a cliche—the little recruiting girl thing. It just is. It's a cliche. Hell, at Bowling Green, I mean, we got the little recruiting girl to take a parents on visits, and the dads fell in love. But this little recruiting girl—it's Georgia has absolutely become the poster child for what modern college athletics is, and it's not good. But they win, right? They win, they win, they win. So Jalen Carter can act like an idiot. Nobody's really questioning why a little recruiting girl had the car, why she's with these athletes at two o'clock in the morning. Nobody's really, re- you know, nobody's really questioning this. I am, because I know the lay of the land in college athletics. And that's never supposed to happen. But you won. And when you win, nobody wants to ask any questions. None. And they want to cover for you. They want to shift the dynamic. They want to spin the thing. Sad, really, but this guy, fantastic college quarterback. I hope he becomes a great pro quarterback, but you can't graduate in six years. Where's the academic counselor? Where's the head coach? Where's the position coach? All you little guys love saying the room. Where's the position coach in that room, in the quarterback room? Georgia's the worst, man, but it ain't ain't the only one. Georgia is exactly what is wrong, or what is, I should say, college athletics. Let me just put it that way. Georgia is what college athletics have come about. That's it. All right, give me the woke-a-dope of the day. Give me something good. Give me something. I love this shirt, by the way. It shows up nice on TV. Give me the woke-a-dope. Trans women can be moms, too. Shut up. LGBTQ activists go all in on Mother's Day. Yeah, I don't care. You know what I mean? Yeah, thank you, Gorgian. Yeah, yeah, I don't care. Like, I'm so tired of you trans people. Get to be 18, go be a trans, and then go do your thing. But you know what? We don't need care. Yeah, you can be a mom. The only thing coming out of you is a dump or pee. If you're a dude that's transgender, and and I got another question. So Yale... I've talked about this before. We all know about Leah Thomas, who's a dude, couldn't make it as a swimmer, transitioned to a swimmer, and now, you know, is an American hero. But why is it that a woman transitioning to a man like they have at Duke, I'm sorry, yeah, woman transitioning to a man like they have at Yale, why does that person get to play on the softball team? Why does a dude transitioning to a woman play women's sports? And why do women transitioning to men play women's sports? Can somebody please explain this to me? I'll hang up and listen. Yeah, I'm tired of all these freaks. I've had enough. I've talked about them way too much. Go be a freak, but don't let anybody trans until, uh, transition until they're 18. If you got to wait to get a frickin' tattoo that age, then you should have to wait to cut off your pee-pee. What's next? Damn. Oh, they're giving me a headache today. I, uh, I don't know if I can. Jordan Neely, yeah, listen to this. Got four months in jail for attempted kidnapping of a child and got no jail time for attempted murder of an elderly woman or any of the other 40-plus charges on his rap sheet. But the Marine who put him in a chokehold after he threatened to kill people on a train and tried to uh, uh, read day before he died now faces 15 years in prison. I don't think, I don't know what we should do. I, I honestly don't. I don't know what we should do about this. I mean, I don't know how you stop a DA who's so racist. If this were the other way around, you and I both understand. You and I both understand that there's no way an African-American that chokeholded a white dude who has 44 crimes, there's no way in hell this would have stood. Now, somebody could say, oh, it's so hard being a white guy. It has nothing to do with that. It has to do with justice. This dude may have saved lives. In fact, I guarantee you he did. Did you see this? So now the picture, instead of the 44 different mug shots this guy had, the picture people are putting around is him as a 15-year-old looking all soft and dainty, actually kind of looking like a girl. And that's what they wanted. It's what they wanted. Yeah, Neely broke an old woman's eye socket and nose, punching her out. The world is a better place without him. The Marine should be giving given a medal. I totally agree with that. I totally agree with that. That's unbelievable. Hey, you all are digging our last few shows. Barry Ferguson, thank you very much. Ross Burnell, he stands with the Marine. What don't you understand, Rick Bungle? Uh, I don't know what to tell you. Dan, does I-70 go through Effingham? I don't know. Dan, you can make it to Fayetteville in less than nine hours. Let me brag for a second. May I stay with me here? I want you to know something. So we left uh, Princeton, New Jersey after the second game, and we were supposed to get home at 2.30 in the morning. I have on my car a thing that tells me this. I averaged, I want you to know this, 77 miles per hour. We got home an hour earlier. That's right. I have averaged over nine and a half hour, nine hours, whatever it was, 77 miles an hour. That's man stuff right there. Lee, wrote, Lee drove for about an hour and a half, two hours. I'm just telling you. That's being a damn man. I ain't, I No, uh-uh. I ain't afraid to say it. That's man's work. Lee's like, you want me to drive? I said, yeah, uh, yeah. And then I drove an hour and then two, then three, then four, then five. Then I had a pee. So I stopped. She gave me an hour and a half, two hours, and I gave the rest. 77, I averaged. Got home an hour earlier. Yeah, that's right. Dan, how often did you have to stop and go potty? Sean Black, send me your address again, I stopped five times on the way there. I had one of those. I had one of those. One of those on the way home. I averaged 77. All right, here's what I need you to do. Everybody do it right now. Go right now to the damn like button and hit it for us, will you please? Will you please? Dan, I would go at least 85, not for 95, not for nine hours, you wouldn't. Nah, not when you're going under tunnels, not when you're going through. No, you would not go 90 or 85 because you got tunnels, you got construction. No, no, I respect the American worker people. I expect folks that are working. You got cops, you had to make a stop. You had to drive through. When I started the thing up, I was at Princeton softball stadium. I had to go through the neighborhood to get to the highway. No, no. This was some serious, serious, serious driving. Dan, small bladder? I don't know, maybe. Maybe, I I don't know, but I know this. I went one time on the way home and here's what we did. It was dark, we pulled off the off ramp, I got out, peed in the street, got on and went. That's right. And had a glorious Mother's Day. I hope everybody had a great, great Mother's Day yesterday with your family. Hope you got a chance to talk to your mom. If you were suffering because of a loss, maybe a mother, maybe a daughter, holidays can be very, very hard. And I'm here to help you. I'm going to tell you something now. If you are one of the people that lost your mother, lost your wife, lost whatever, go to Traders Point Christian Church and look at the conversation Yesterday between a remarkable woman and Aaron Brockett, the pastor. This woman dealt with her husband's ALS for five years. It is uplifting. It will make you feel appreciated and it will make you feel better if you have lost. Seriously. Yeah. I haven't seen my mom in a while. My mom uh, we didn't we got home too late and I wasn't driving three and a half hours the next day and back. You know what? I'm selfish, son. Selfish. Anyway, have a great afternoon, everybody. Get to the like button. Get to the subscribe button. My goal is by the end of this week, we have a million subscribers. We're at 822,000. My goal is between all of our shows, we get to a million subscribers here on OutKick. Aaron, thank you. Davey, thank you. I got to give Dylan and Ryan, they were there at the controls, they're killing it every single day. What a blast that we have, Katie and Haley and everybody involved, can't thank you enough. Sean Black, email me your address, I'm writing a check today. By the way, I'm on a 36 hour cleanse. It is hour 15. I don't know what I'm going to do till I go to sleep tonight. But I know this, I'm gonna be a jackass. My friends used to say, hey, Dan, will you just eat something? I'm not eating, not eating until 8 o'clock tomorrow morning. Have a great day, see ya.